Welcome, Matt. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Uh, keeping busy, as always. For, um, for those that are listening and, and sort of um, of all ages, do you want to sort of give a quick uh, backstory of sort of yourself as a, as a footballer? Uh, in terms of the clubs uh, that I played for, grew up in grew up in Swindon. Started uh, with the academy there. Uh, moved to Southampton. Um, fantastic academy. I think within the kind of two or three years younger than me, uh, our reserve team ended up being you know <clears throat> the likes of Gareth Bale, Theo Walcott, uh, Nathan Dyer, Adam Lana, Leon Best, Dexter Blackstock. Could the list could go on? Literally, they had a fantastic. Uh, array of talent come through at the youth team level signed for Manchester City uh, 19 made my debut in the Premier League um, went out on loan a few times uh, found a home at Doncaster got promoted went to Reading Leicester Bolton uh, Nottingham Forest uh, had a spell in India for a year and then last season finished up as a player coach at Forest Green with my younger brother I guess um, sort of it's perfect. We, I'm happy to sort of go back at, at some point, but now is probably the best time. Sort of how how is recently retired? How is how is that treating you? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, uh, I guess you know there's always there's always that moment, isn't there, in, in a player's career where they've they've got to make that decision. Um, I've probably known for for a couple of years really when I left Forest. Um, I kind of got messed around a little bit in terms of had a medical at Sunderland and things fell through. I was going to go to Wigan and it fell through. Um, I think, you know, football is getting a little bit ageist in terms of, uh, you know, why would you sign someone kind of 31, 32 when you can get the 22-year-old version of them, um, potentially make, you know, improve them and sell them on uh, to make a profit. So I just found myself which I didn't mind like auditioning almost um going in and training places it's like I can do that you know what you're gonna get <laughs> type of thing but uh yeah I think I just kind of lost my way a little bit and it was nice to go over to to, to, to India and, and take some some time out really in terms of the the pressure cooker of English football um, you lose like your love for it at all oh 100% 100% yeah of course Football's like, I think, you know, from the outside looking in, um, you just, are you going into work every day and playing football with your mates? Like, there's nothing better than that. But the reality is somewhat different. Um, there's a lot of politics involved. Um, it's tough, um, not only, you know, physically on your body. You know, I'm waking up every day in, in a lot of pain at the minute. I'm uh, looking at possibly getting a back operation with, with nerves pain. I've had... 15 epidurals probably over the last five years to just like numb my body off I guess to, to carry on playing so it takes its takes its toll physically uh, and mentally um, you know with everything now with like social media fans criticism um, I don't know if you find yourself at a club and the, you know for example at Bolton where the chairman decided to to walk away and, and left the club in real financial struggle and then you've still got, you know, time on your contract and the players that are being brought in aren't going to get you promoted and you find yourself stuck in a situation you don't want to be in. And yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's loads of ups and downs. It's, it's all part and parcel of it, I guess. When you then go and then sort of now you're at a point where that's just all gone, is that, is that a hard, hard sort of reality check and sort of 
bring you we, we spoke before sort of um we started recording about how you're now part of the family business is that sort of then a different world where you just become sort of mr mills and and sort of away from that sort of ex-footballer sort of personality yeah i think towards the times during my career i kind of crave that normality um I've arguably got a perception amongst football fans and football for being a certain type of person, but anybody that's close to me and knows me, very private, um, quite quiet, um, like the simple things in life. Um, so I think now kind of being away from football, it's, yeah, it's, it's been quite nice, mate, to have a, a beer on a Friday night, which I've never been able to do, for example, just one of the little things. Um, so no, so far, so good. I'm enjoying it. You talked there about sort of um, the perceptions people would have of you as a, as a footballer. Do you reckon throughout your career you played up to that or did you actively try and um, say if you, if you felt that that didn't represent you, did you sort of look at it and go, maybe I'm onto a, a winner here? Uh, or did you, were you sort of person that, to sort of be like, you know what, that's not me and that's not how I want to be portrayed? Um, it's, a, it's a fantastic question. Um, I think how I would answer that, um, and I had a conversation with a young Ben Hamer <laughs> who, who ended up playing for that letter, a, a friend of mine. And I said, the reality is, mate, you know, when you, when you walk out in front of 25, 35, you know, 100,000, whatever it is, I think you need to have a swagger. I think you need to have a confidence, borderline arrogance, because if you're a captain of that football club uh, and things are going bad and, and you're, you know, crumbling under the weight of it and looking like a shrinking violet or, you know, shirking tackles or I think you, I think you'd need to play up to it to a certain extent, but I think there needs to be um, an understanding maybe from, from the fan side is like there's, there's Matt Mills, the footballer and there's Matthew Mills, the human being. Um, and the amount of times I've met fans and people over the years and literally within 30 seconds, mate, of meeting me, they're like, oh, you're not, you're not what I thought you'd be at all. And I'm like, but what did you think I was going to be like? You've never met me. <laughs> um, so I, I guess it's, it, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's an interesting, I don't know. I, I think I just, I played the game. Um, uh, people made assumptions uh, rightly or wrongly um, about me. Uh, did I play up to it? I, I, Tried not to, but um, it's, it's kind of like theatre, isn't it? When you're out there, I suppose you are playing a part. If you were going back, do you reckon sort of, I say, I take, say nowadays, you've got, you've got a lot of footballers that have, have really shown their, their person, personalities off the pitch. You know, Rashford doing great stuff in the community. Sterling has been um, amazing in, in sort of what he's standing up for. Do you reckon if you went back, you would sort of maybe show people the real Matt Mills and do you reckon that would have changed the way you were sort of viewed throughout your career? Yeah, possibly. I think, yeah, possibly, but I, I think I just, I think I just went about it. That football was my, football was my job. Um, I think I realized that quite young. So, I, you know, kind of been in academy since I was four, being judged every year, will I get a contract? You know, will I make it? Well, you know, as an eight and nine year old, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. And you almost become, 
you almost become immune to things outside of football. It's just that focus and that drive to succeed. Um, but where where does that cross with with like you say losing essentially losing yourself as a person? Um, it's, it's I don't know. It's difficult when I look back on it now. It, it almost seems surreal because you have to be a certain way to succeed in football. You have to be ruthless. Mm. It's such a cutthroat industry that you, you, you almost need to like harden up and not let anyone in. Um, and now I'm out of that. It's quite nice to have conversations and, uh, and maybe just relax a little bit more, I think. What do you reckon you'd tell sort of a, an 18, 19 year old Matt Mills, if you could, if you could look back and, and say, because obviously people will have their own opinions of, of your career and, and sort of the way it went. But is there anything that you would say to to sort of the Matt Mills that, that finished that sort of that playoff final and, and at that point of your career, was there was there something that could have been a sort of taken it down a different way if you if you like? Yeah, I think moves are crucial. There's no there's no two ways about that. I think signed for Leicester with good intentions. My stock was was incredibly high, obviously, after the playoff final. Could have gone to the Premier League. Uh, could have gone to Celtic, chose to go to Leicester. Um, obviously, a managerial change early in that in 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 that in that time at Leicester didn't help because obviously the situation with the new manager coming in, not really seeing eye to eye. And then, yeah, I guess you would argue my career's effectively gone downhill since that point. Um, and would it have been different if I'd stayed at Reading? Would it have been different if I'd gone to Celtic? There's lots of ifs and buts. I think, you know, what would my advice to a younger Matt Mills be? It's difficult, mate, because as much as you want to... As much as you want to um, show a certain side to you, you can show that side, and some people, they might like it, and other people, inevitably, they won't like it, and they'll slag you off. So you just retreat, I think. I think you just retreat and you put your guards up, and you just think... It doesn't matter what I do. There's always going to be someone who doesn't like me. So it, it, it's, it's one of those. I don't know them. They don't know me. Um, uh, and you get a little bit guarded, I think. Um, because like I say, if you do expose yourself too much and it, and it doesn't land well, then that could really hurt. So then the summer of sort of 2011 and, and signing for Leicester, what were sort of your, your thoughts coming, coming into that? Obviously, Sven as manager. Um, and and we showed some sort of some great in, intent of one of which was sort of your signing for for Leicester as a club back then. That was sort of um, a, a big money sign. I know you look at sort of where the club is now and the, the sort yeah. of daft money that gets chucked about. But if you if you go back to then at that, at that point, sort of that was sort of a big signing for us. And and you were sort of a, a big player within the championship the the year before. What were your sort of thoughts coming into Leicester at that point? Yeah, so for me, um, I had a great time at Reading. Obviously, we missed out on the playoff final. If we got promoted, I'd have obviously been a captain of the Premier League team. It would have been fantastic. It didn't work out that way. Um, Leicester had to, sorry, Reading had to recoup a certain amount of money. That's just the way the club ran. It's usually around the five million mark. Um, the year before, we sold Gilfie Sigurdsson to Hoffenheim. So I knew Neil Longy would go. Um, I obviously spoke to, 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 to a few clubs, but I looked at Leicester and and I knew Richie Wellens at the club well. Um, obviously, having played against them um, at the King Power and 
seeing that the owner obviously was really, you know, well off and, and it looks like he was going to take the club uh, a certain way. Um, the club, were, you know, like you say, the intent was there. And to be, it was never, it was like, it was, Leicester were never not going to get promoted and go into the Premier League. Like, when you've got that much financial backing, you can go out and get the best players. It's, it's only a matter of time. So I thought, yeah, let's, let's be a part of that. So, um, but it's difficult to look back and say, I shouldn't have made that decision because it was, you know, like you said, it was, it was geared up to do well. And they've, obviously, they've continued to do well. I think the whole transfer fee and stuff like that weighed, I guess it weighed heavy in the sense that everybody kept talking about it. Like, I, I, I'm just a, you know, a lad from Swindon, I'm not bothered if somebody pays a tenner for me or, you know, five and a half million or whatever, you know, it was. Like, that's not, that's not why I, I'm bothered about playing football. Um, but it, it did obviously raise the expectation of it's almost like I had to keep a clean sheet and score every game to, to validate the price tag. And when in reality, like you look at it now, it's like it wasn't that much money, but it was just a big deal at the time. So then um, Sven sort of leaves early on, um, but, bef- but prior to that sort of makes you sort of club captain. How was that to deal with in terms of a, a guy that obviously you'd worked with previously at at Man City and then he brings you in makes you captain and then he gets gets a sack um, and regardless of whether you, you think that's too early or, or whatever that, that happens um, how was that for you within the club and it, considering you weren't there sort of long enough to really have played a part in it is, it, is that then hard? Yeah he was obviously under massive pressure wasn't he when I signed I knew that you know I'm not naive I knew he was under big pressure and we had to perform well I remember doing an interview after our third game, I think we were like mid-table, not even mid-table, like just outside the playoffs and you know, reporters are saying, do you think you get promoted this year? Can you, can you still do it? And you're like, three games in, like, winding me up. Like, but that was the expectation around the club at the time, you know. Um, so, so, so I, I knew, I knew, I, I knew it was, you know, he was on the, he was on the rocks a little bit. I, I mean, being made captain, it didn't help me integrate into the club, if I'm honest. Did, um, did players, just to interrupt, did, were players sort of looking at you and going, hang on a minute, who is who is this guy? Did you feel that sort of you, you got on with the lads in, in the club or was there sort of some resistance to the fact that you'd sort of come in and, and been made captain? Yeah, I, th- I think there was. Yeah, I think there was. And looking back on it, I, I probably should have had that conversation with the manager and said, you know, somebody who's been here a couple of years, you know, may suit that role better. But what do you reckon what do you reckon as a player, if you say if it wasn't yourself but another player, if if you'd been offered the, the captaincy and you'd effectively gone, nah, you know what, it's it's not mine to have. Surely that sort of for me, if I was playing with someone who did that, I'd be kind of thinking, hang on, this this lad that sort of walks around with this swagger and then he gets offered the captaincy and he bottles it. You know what I mean? That's for yeah. me that would be it would surely you were sort of put in a position where you couldn't really turn no, that down. No. Exactly, and it's a huge honour. Why would you want to turn it down? Like, to be the captain of Leicester? Are you kidding me? Like, I was born in Leicester. Um, like, yeah, be stupid not to. But I just, I'm, I'm talking hindsight now. Mm, like, mm. Looking back at it, it probably did get a few people's backs up in the changing room. Uh, I don't think I walk around with a swagger, but I, I, I get it from the outside. It, it, you know, from the outside in it, 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 it may it may feel like that. But like I said, it probably did isolate me a little bit in terms of integrating with a new set of players. Like, oh, this guy's just turned up and 
like he's he's captain. So, um, it, but like I said, I, 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 it's difficult to turn down, isn't it? Like difficult to. Did Sven do enough as a manager to to sort of like obviously you then um, sort of play, played? I am sure you played for a lot of good managers throughout your career, and there are certain managers within sort of that we've had of Leicester. It, it seems like. The, the the side that was built together were sort of a close knit side. Was was Sven good at that? Was was he having? Were your teams? Did you feel like a, a a unit and sort of a a close team, or was it a case of sort of when you were sort of within that that team? Were there was it a case some days sort of lonely days and, and not having loads of friends on the pitch? Or yeah, I mean, I didn't. I'd gone from a red and change room that was a really kind of the really close knit changing room, you know, more of a, like I say, like a, a family club, uh, a well-run club in the sense that everybody was on similar money. Um, so there's no like big time Charlie and, or, or anything like that. And I kind of went to Leicester and I felt that Sven's and Suris, isn't he, for it? Just like buying all of the best players and just like hoping it comes together type of thing. Um, and I think, yeah, probably some lads were annoyed that maybe I'd come in on a bigger contract and they felt that they that they maybe deserved that for what they'd done for the club previously. So so that they're maybe they're maybe not too too keen to to, to want to integrate with you. Um, it was a lonely time for me. I didn't really have um, I wouldn't say I got on with too many people within the squad and the mentality was very different to the team that I've come from and I, I struggled with that. Um, there was a lot of the banter was different to what to, to, to what I like um, in terms of um, like I said I'm, I'm quite quiet I'm quite private I don't really go out clubbing I don't really do all those and and and, and a lot of the players were different so I didn't really fit in um, when it came to that um, but I said like you know so ultimately like I said I look at the performances that I put in for the club. Um, I thought I played well at times. When I came out of the team, I think we were seventh. And I think we finished the season ninth. So I don't feel like me coming out and uh, was it Wes and whoever took over, like form drastically picked up and I was the, 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 the reason that we weren't at the top of the league type thing. With, with obviously when Sven left and then, and then Nigel came in, who had, who had previously been involved at the club, when when you heard that he was sort of likely to to be the man that came in, were there any sort of did you did you know him previously? Like, was there any sort of, oh, this this might not might not end well, or with sort of is it a case of new manager, fresh start? Let's see what happens. Yeah, very much so, and I felt quite confident. I thought you know I was playing well at the time. The team the team was doing okay. Like I said, we were sixteen games into the season, and we were like seventh. <laughs> It's not like we were like I think we were in the playoffs maybe when he took over. And his first game we beat Palace three one at home. Uh, Galley scored two worldies. Like we were, we were we were doing all right. I didn't think we were like as a team we were doing that bad. It was still a long way to go. Um, I, I didn't I hadn't worked with him previously. A few of the boys that had worked with him and physios and stuff were like, oh, you're gonna love him. You're gonna really get on with him. Um, so I, I was just, yeah, I was just excited at the opportunity of, uh, of like I said, managers have changed in my career. Um, so it's not like a, an un, unknown thing. 
So I was just looking forward to it, really. Because I've spoken to sort of a lot of a lot of players um, in, in being lucky enough to, to do this and, and sort of um, say, for an example, Dean Hammond, who um, was sort of at Southampton and then played for some some good managers. And, and a lot of people say Pearson was, was sort of the best manager they played under. Um, the stuff he did was was it was so unbelievable. What do you think it was that that caused? And obviously, we can we can touch on it um, deeper. But what was it? Do you reckon that caused the rift between you two? Was it was it a case of just unlucky that you didn't see eye to eye? Is there stuff that you go back and say maybe I was out of order for doing this for doing that? I don't, again, I don't, I don't know how much you've been exposed to, and, and, and I guess what you've heard. But from the off, the, literally the first time I met him. I knew something was off. I'm quite intuitive when it comes to stuff like that. And you've mentioned before, I, I, apparently, you know, I've got this perception of having a swagger. And so maybe, you know, outside coming in, he, he thought that and thought, well, I'm going to knock this guy down a peg or two because I'm the manager. Um, you know, that, that, may, that may have been on his agenda. I, I don't know. But, it, yeah, it was, there was a couple of awkward exchanges. Like I said, the first time he met me, he said something like, oh, you're not as fat as I thought you'd be which was just, a sh- I was just like, oh, okay, like, nice to meet you too. Um, and then, obviously... How do you react to that as a, as a player, to, to, to interrupt? Like, is that... Do, do certain pl- would certain players take that away and go, yeah, fair play, like, I know where he is? Or, or was it just a case of him not knowing, sort of, you well enough and not knowing how, yeah. how you'd react? Do you reckon he yeah, thought probably. in his head that probably. you were the sort of player to, to sort of, like you say, that, that sort of... Uh, maybe confidence that, that you carry um, or you were seen to carry do you reckon he sort of just misjudged that situation completely or yeah possibly yeah it's a fair point he might have thought that I'd have taken it as banter and lifted up my top and shown his abs or, like my abs were saying do you know what I mean and like laughed it off and, and had a bit of banter but no I am I am very I am a very sensitive person like I'm not you know, I'm not going to dispute that I am and, and I'm a massive thinker like I'm an overthinker so I'm going away from the situation like Shit, do I need to? Uh, sorry, I just saw that. No, do I, don't worry about that. Do I, do I need to like get in the gym and like? Uh, I'm gonna like. Do I need to like go and speak to nutritionists? Like I'm, I'm on a panic up. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you don't like me. Very death I stay in. Um, so, do you think people forget that footballers can be like that? Like obviously, mate, like that. Like you, I look at you and you think, how could that person even remotely think that? If someone said, "Oh, he's not as fat as he," because because I like, look at you, that I, I would be surprised if anyone's ever looked at you and thought that you look fat. Like, but on do, but the people, but the people forget that, like footballers can sort of yeah, and you've have got, you've things got, that change the perception of the way they see things. Yeah, and you've got to remember, mate. I was living three hours from anyone I knew, mm. so I'm living in a house going home every day, just like, like wow, I don't know anyone here. Mm. Um, so stuff plays on your mind, it eats away at you. And, and you, you, you want to impress. Listen, every footballer wants the manager to like them, wants the lads to like them, wants the fans to sing their name. Like every footballer wants that. Of course they do. Who wouldn't want that? But the reality is like, you, you, can't, you can't please everyone. You're not going to get on with everyone and, and all those types of things. But I think that situation just, like I said, it just made me think, well, that was strange. And then we, that was on literally the Friday. We played on the Saturday and then he pulled me in the, on, on the, in the office on Monday. And obviously I was confident because we just won and I was excited and I, you know, I sat down and I, you know, I, 
it was the first time I'd kind of been summoned to his office and you know I was thinking he was going to go like really looking forward to uh, working with you um yeah night this is what I was thinking that was going to happen mm. because I was wanting to work with him and, and, and I uh, guess you've been told that by people that how yeah. good a bloke he was <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly and then like literally just sat there pan face and was like do you think you deserve to be captain of this football club and I was like like um I don't know I, I, I think obviously the old manager thought thought I was I had something and then I was just like taken back so then I was like yeah, I feel like I'm a leader. And it was almost like I was like singing for my dinner. And I, I was like... Do you think it was a test? Yeah, but I was like... But honestly, the type of person I'm, I'm like, mate, if you, if you want someone else to be your captain, that's fine. Like, you, you've got to make that decision with what you see over the next, however, two or three weeks or, or whatever. Just, but you can have a conversation with me about it. But anyway, so that was that. And I just thought... I, I thought it was just a bit weird, but I thought the... You know, I thought, again, I thought I played okay. I thought the team was doing all right. We weren't, like, running away with the league. Um, but throwing, like, 13 players together, which we did that pre-season. Yeah. It's difficult. It doesn't just happen. You play against teams that have got that rhythm, that way of playing, um, you know, that camaraderie on the pitch that they've developed over, you know, like, like Reading. They ended up going up the next year because they've had experience of getting through the season before... So, so I didn't think we were doing bad at all. Um, and then, and then obviously, um, I think looking back on it, if, if I'm self-critical and going, what could I have done better? I wasn't in a great place mentally off the pitch. Um, had the club done enough? Like, was that something that only only you knew, or did with a sort of? No, I think it, I think it was pretty obvious in terms of like my integration with other players. Um, I just found myself I just found myself on my own um, they were at the time lads were, so lads were like living in Manchester mm. North London Birmingham and all commute into Leicester and I felt that annoyed me because I mm. felt like you should be here you should be invested in the city like do you know what I mean so then I was in Leicester on my own no one really knocking about maybe Kingy um, at the time so I just, I just went, I just recluse myself. I just went within myself, really. What would you do? What would be a typical sort of week? Because I, I think a lot of people maybe don't, don't realise just how lonely it, it can be for footballers. People sort of think that... Yeah, it is, because who, who, who are your friends going to be? You're not going to go, you, you, go, you know what I mean? You're not going to go out in the pub on a Saturday night. What would you do on a, on a, on a week, on a weekday after training? Is it just a case of going back to, to where you were staying and just sort of sitting there doing nothing? Yeah, pretty much. You you would spend obviously time at the training ground, um, just like making sure you've done all your recovery, any gym sessions you need to do. There's only so much physical stuff you can do. Yeah, you need to keep yourself fresh for games. So there is a lot of downtime, um, which I didn't overly like um, as a, as a player. I always like being busy. Um, so yeah, I just found myself, and then like I said, I just ended up just becoming a bit of a recluse. So lads would have band in the change room I just find myself going within myself um, so looking back on it now uh, I would have probably um, I'd have probably tried to engage with more people um, but if that's not if that's not you and if that's not the place 
in which you were at that stage you know if that wasn't the headspace it, it, that you were in it's hard yeah. to it's hard to sit here and say you should have you should have done this you should have done that because ultimately the sort of yeah maybe no, the fault lies with that someone there should have been more people there to to sort of help you integrate and 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 improve the headspace you were at rather than you just forcing yourself to do something you didn't want to do yeah but this is the thing about football isn't it you sign you sign a contract and it's like you chucked into a hotel and it's like just get on with it you're just a commodity um i met my i met my now wife um which was which was massive for me because like i said i uh, is that why you were in leicester yeah, yeah. So uh, my wife Jade is the daughter of Matt Elliott, oh, okay. uh, centre half, and obviously legend of the club. So no, she she was great for me because uh, it just gave me that um, mm. gave me that distraction away from away from football. Um, some company mates, I was lonely. So if we so, didn't give you anything else, then at least <laughs> at least yeah, yeah, the city was able to give you that. Yeah, wife and, and two kids now. So yeah so I guess yeah grateful for that but it, it, it was difficult it was difficult but I'm not I'm listen I'm not trying to cry it in mm. yeah, yeah, yeah like I just sometimes it's not a great fit um and and the managerial situation just really didn't help um because obviously if we if we touch on the the sort of the main incident and 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 sort of I don't know how how far we can sort of delve into that but how how was that and how difficult was that to take as as captain as player but as person as well it was i don't really like I said no it, it, what happened happened it was more things like social media stuff like i've just seen matt mills spin away from the stadium in his ra what an arrogant like so and so like mm. up pierce like pearson's the best and all this and i was just like really like I've actually done nothing wrong. I've been absolutely like victimized. Everyone's like against me. Like and I, I can't understand. I, I can't compute like what's going on here. Uh, and it just thing, I'm, I'm sort of sort of man enough to to sort of <laughs> tell you to your face. But like I'd, I'd have been what sort of 15 at the time. But it was easy for Leicester fans to to be spun a narrative, um, and and perhaps. The that sort of persona that we spoke about, you having sort of it, it made it 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 fit. You know, it it wasn't within it wasn't within the grasp of a sort of what you what you knew to to yeah. see that happen. I, I mean yeah. that with the nicest um, in, in the nicest respect, because obviously speaking, no, I, get that. I, get, I, I get that. I I hundred percent get that, mate. I do, and and and, and the club, you're right, and and Pearson and the club, and can spin it exactly the way you want. But you've got to understand, right? So leading up to the January transfer for window, there was talk about me and Jermaine Beckford leaving, and I remember going up to the to Pearson. We were at a spa somewhere in Birmingham. They took us there to train for the day and do like a, a recovery session, and I went up to him. I said like. Yeah, if I'm reading all this stuff in the paper about like me being linked with X, Y, and Z, it isn't coming from me. It's definitely not coming from my agent. Like I've signed a long-term contract here. I I feel like the club's going places, and I want to be a part of that. I've been looking at a house to buy. I said it's quite a lot of money, and I've got to put stamp duty down on that house. And I'm seeing this in the papers. 
like, you don't want to get rid of me, do you? Or, you know, am I going to be leaving in January? And he was like, listen, son, you're not going anywhere. You get, you crack on and you buy a house and, you know, you're going to be a big part of my future. So I was like, right, buzzing, brilliant, left. Literally was about to buy this house when the incident all happened. And I'm thinking, how could that guy, mm. like, who's got a son, bear in mind, yeah, yeah. say to somebody, no, no, you're brilliant. You're a big part of my future. Like, go and commit and do something like, buy a house, which is using in life, knowing that he wants to get rid of me. It's like, what's that about? How well, hard is it then? How hard is it then to watch? Because within, within sort of Leicester City, and, and um, to be fair, this was, this was quite quick in, in doing this, and, and not many people, well, about two people know we're even speaking, but within Leicester City, you're, you're, you would be quite a controversial figure and people will have their, their own opinions on you. But how hard is it then to watch that uh, and watch what is said about you and what is said about the incident? And Mate. people make their own decisions when, when you know that when you're sat there thinking that isn't the way it unfolded. Yeah, I remember, obviously, I remember the night after the, the next game was a derby game and I'd been left out of the squad and the team won and he, he said on national TV, like, I'm not picking a team based on price tags, egos. And I'm like, one of the most, I was just like, what, what is happening here? Like I'm, I'm getting hung out to dry here. And there's no, there's no getting away from the fact, like, listen, Wes Morgan's gone on to lift the Premier League trophy with Leicester, right? So everybody's going to go, Matt Mills, Wes Morgan, Wes Morgan's miles better. Mate, I played with him. I don't think he's miles better than me at all. The simple fact of the matter is he's gone on to have a career that I didn't, yeah? And one incident was obviously what happened at Leicester, but the psychological damage that that incident and that whole experience that year has played on my life has been, has been huge, you know? I'll, I'll never be the same person after, like, that series of events, that six months of my life. Like, it was horrendous. I wouldn't wish that on my worst nightmare. And I just... Yeah, I just—it's just—it's just unbelievable that that, that it happens. But it, it, you know, it's, it's it's football. That's that's what you know. That's what everyone talks about. You know, it happens all the time. Do you then begrudge the the club because there was talk of um of and I and I don't know how how true this quote is, but there was there was talk of a quote of you saying that you felt it'd be dis- disrespectful for the fans to have left Leicester on loan to go and play for um, a, a league rival, sort of in um, in that season. Yeah. And now, and I, and I, and again, I think as as Leicester fans, you, we could probably say that like, we probably didn't deserve your respect because we probably didn't treat you with respect. Um, and that's uh, and whether whether football fans that's a, a wider issue that football fans often don't treat players with enough respect. But how was it hard to to not just sort of begrudge the club? And, and sort of hate everything associated with it because because ultimately regardless of, of what you, what you say and and the what happened within that incident was there not a time where you thought like hang on a minute someone within that setup knows the sort of person I am and knows that it is different to what is being sort of portrayed and and was there not a case of like admittedly obviously Pearson's not going to come out and say, actually, this isn't how it happened. This is what happened. 
But were you not thinking, come on, lads, one of you's got to have my back here? Yeah, but I think that's why he did it. So we've seen we've seen now over the years the whole incidents with the ostrich comment, the pinning players down on the touchline, the fights that have happened in Watford. When you like, see that, just like obviously because it's so 100%, recent, when one hundred percent. So these 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 are common traits that will continue to happen. Okay, so people he'll get like his comeuppance or whatever. Like he is who he is, right? But the simple fact of the matter is the reason he's been successful, in my opinion, having kind of looked and ish stepped into coaching, is he's walked into Leicester dressing room, wiped out the captain of that football club yeah, and the yeah. player that potentially had the biggest stock at that time. Like the prison, the prison that sort of if you if you, you go in and you pick the biggest <laughs> the biggest person sort of thing. Exactly. So people like, don't know if you know him personally, but people like Andy King, um, and I can name people in that squad who are really nice guys. Mate, you're going to fucking shit yourself thinking, mm. if that can happen to Millsy, mm. Jesus, like, I'm so scared of this. And Pearson loved it. You'd shake your hand and squeeze your hand and he had to be, you know, he had to be the boss, he had to be the main man. So his tactic was to do that to get everybody scared, to get everybody in line, to get everybody bought into to, to what he wanted to do, okay? But it worked in the sense that Leicester ended up getting promoted. So even when that happened and I went over to him and I shook his hand and said, listen, congratulations, obviously you made the right decision. Because you were playing in, in that game, right? Hey, Bolton, yeah. So yeah. even though it's affected my life so, like, so much, at the end of the day, he was tasked with a job, and this is reality. Football clubs, fans, they just want to win. They don't care how it happens. They want to win. Mm. And, and you won. Do you, reckon then, do you reckon then that there is, um, obviously, if we, if we go back to sort of 20, 25 minutes ago, you said there's, there was a Matt Mills footballer and then there is a Matt Mills sort of non-footballer. Yeah. Do you think there is a Nigel Pearson manager and then the Nigel Pearson non-manager and that he's yeah. sort of, he's gone, you know what, this is what it takes and yeah. this is what I'm going to do, you yeah. know? Um, and because I get if we forget who we are, if we forget that it's me and you speaking and we look from the outside in, like you say, he did a great job at Leicester and he, if it hadn't have happened when it happened, he would have probably kept Watford, you know? Um, and then you go, hang on a minute, he's done he's done two unbelievable jobs but like can you can you think that or for you personally are you thinking hang on a minute no because I was I was the full guy I was the sacrifice that, that had to happen yeah and I don't know listen I don't want to be labeled for like looking back at my career and be the full guy at all but but the same I agree with what you're saying he may be completely different away from the work environment I sense that he's probably not mm. if I'm honest um but like I said, he was tasked with a job, um, and, and that's what he did. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to say. Like, do you start to begrudge the wider sort of? Are you watching Leicester win the league or get promoted and think like I hate that club because of of what they what they've done to me, or is it? Are you sort of a, a bigger person to, to sort of put that to one side? 
I just, I don't know. I thought, I, I guess I'm disappointed because I, I felt like I joined with the right intentions. I feel like the club let me down. Do you reckon you could have been part of that, that process and, and sort of 100%. the year that we had? 100%. 100%. I wasn't, by any stretch of imagination, the worst performance performer during that time. Mm. Watching games back now, I was actually performing wow in certain periods of, of, of those 36 games that I played for Leicester. So, of course, there's a part of me that's like, like I wish I would have been a part of that. I, you know, I, I wish things would have played out differently. But, they didn't. And when, like I said, I, I was kind of being pushed out of the, the door in certain situations, I didn't feel like it was right to, to go because I had made a commitment to the club and, and that's who I am. Like mm. I, I've made a commitment to you. I'm not just going to bail at the first like side of, of trouble. I'm more than happy to like get my head down and work harder and try and get back in this team. But that was just never going to happen. That was just never going to happen. Did many of the, many of the players sort of sort of stay stay with you and, and say, look, I know I can't come out and say this, but but what's happening is is wrong yeah. and you have to respect that. Jermaine, Jermaine Beckford did, um, and he probably felt the wrath of Pearson off the back of it. Because um, he's just, again, he's another one that's got a persona of, on the pitch, but he's completely different away from it. Um, and, and, and just things like, mate, honestly, like I used to hand the tickets out being captain on Friday and the secretary like came and spoke to me one time and he, he like banned people from speaking to me. Like he literally turned that whole club against me. Um, it was just, yeah, it was just mental. But and the, point? Thing, the thing about it is like, I get it that he had to do a job, but we're talking about, we're talking about human beings. We're talking about young, yeah. 24 years old. I'm a young lad, really. You look back at it. And that's just a question I was going to ask, because at what point does it become become more than football? You know, you know, if, if he'd have you know if he'd have gave you a, a bollock in um on the on the first day and said, Look, I'm in charge here, you do this or do that and yeah. and he and he said, Get to training earlier than you get or or whatever. But mm. at what point does it become sort of this, this manipulation this. Of, a, of a person and, and at what point does because in every other industry in the world you wouldn't be able to do that because regardless of regardless of who you are you you can't do that to people because people don't stand for it so so why as footballers should you have to i think the thing that really frustrated me the most is if he did when, when i didn't play at norwich and i went to see him if he'd have genuinely and this is God's honest truth, hand on my heart, would have just said, listen, I bought Wes in in January. I, I can't see you being a part of the plans going forward. Um, you know, carry on training, you know, try and, you know, more than, you know, more than open-minded for you to try and change that opinion. But as it stands, there's X, Y, and Z in front of you. And I, 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 I'm looking at, bringing in another one in the summer and you going out the door. If he'd have genuinely said that to me, I'd have got on the phone straight away to my agent and said, listen, the gaffer's not having me. It's football. You know, it's, it, I didn't sign for, to, for Leicester for him. He didn't come thinking that he needs to play me. Like, we need to get out of this. We need to get out of Leicester in the summer. Um, but the fact that he literally, like, me, like, he mentally abused me for, like, five months it was just why it was so uncalled for like what it's almost like 
I just was like, what, what the fuck have I done to you for you to be treating me like this? Like not letting people speak to me. Um, I felt isolated a, 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 mm. anyway being in Leicester, but like even more so now. And it was just like, why? I, I just, I, and I never had that answer. Just like, why did you have to go to that length to like kill me off? You could have just said, listen, you're not in my plans. And this is the thing that a lot of football struggle, a lot of football struggle with, with managers. They're, they're incapable, a lot of them, of just telling you the truth. <laughs> they'll, they'll spin you a line to, to, to either keep you interested or push you into a dark corner where you go, right, I've got to leave this football club. Don't worry about my three years, the money you owe me. I'm just, I just need to get out of it because you broke me mentally. Do you think that's why it was? Do you think it was... 100%. Yeah. 100%. Because he's looking at the, at the club thinking, wow, we've got a lot of money invested in this kid, like, Unless I break him and he's begging me to leave the door, he's going to be asking for X, Y, and Z. It's part of you thinking, like, hold firm, let's, let's make it... Because you, you see with a lot of managers, a lot of managers refuse to, refuse to resign purely for the point that they get sacked and I'm get not, a big payoff. No, nah, mate, honestly, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not really that bothered about the financial gain. I, I was doing okay for myself financially anyway. Like, did, did I need to dig my heels in and say, I'm not leaving unless you pay me. No, I didn't really, I didn't really, I'm not really that type of person. I don't think my, I don't think my parents would be proud of me if I went down that route and sat on my ass and picked up my money and salt and demanded a a fee to leave. I, I left in the summer and that was that. When you then sort of left Leicester, is it, does you come to a crossroads where you can say, right, Either I use this as as the fire, uh, and I say, right, this is going to be the driving point. And and do you think you did that well enough? I did, hundred percent. The problem, the issue that I had, and I had, to, I, I, had I basically I just had a nightmare. I should have I probably, uh, and I'm sorry, sorry about my fans. I enjoyed my time there, but <laughs> I should have signed for Celtic. Yeah. Um, they were got, making, got away from it and, and played somewhere. No, they were they were making big plays for me. Um, that year, they obviously went on and beat Barcelona, and I would, me and Van Dijk would have been you know playing together. But I went to Bolton the first year. We we done well, but when I say the chairman pulled pulled the plug on the club, well, you see where the club is now. Yeah, like, yeah. How could you foresee that Bolton was going to go from being relegated yeah. to Premier League? So I just basically had a nightmare. I, I, I chose a club signed a three-year contract to a club that was only going one way, mate, and that was fast. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So if you actually look at how I played in the second season at Bolton, probably one of the best seasons of my career. So to the outside world, it was like, wow, Matt Mills has dropped off the face of the earth. But if I was playing in any other team in the championship that year, I'd have been in like team of the year. 100%. I was, I was playing that well. So then sort of, do you sort of look back on it and think, Jesus, I just got really unlucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With that move, 100%. And, and that's why moves are so crucial. Like, if the club isn't stable at board level, let alone managerial level, it, 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 it can be tough. So, yeah, if I'd have gone to Celtic, you know, my career would have been different. Or if I'd have gone to Leeds, or Leeds were rocky at the time, to be fair. But do you know what I'm saying? It, yeah, yeah. The, the, moves, the moves are crucial. As a person now, are you, are you able to, to look at it like that? Or is it a case of, look, what happened, happened. I'm here where I am now. And, and, and that's, what, that's life, you know? Like, yeah. or, or do you sort of 
spend time thinking what if what what if this happened what if that happened yeah no a bit of both to be fair mate um if i'm honest a lot of people that i speak to uh, saw someone the other day um who i used to play with and he was like oh i heard you retired he was like i can't believe you didn't play in the prem for like most of your career he said mm. you're one of the best players i played with and i was like yeah cheers mate it just I guess you just wasn't meant to be. And, and it's, it's tough. It's tough looking at that and thinking, like, yeah, I should, like, I know I should have done better in my career. I know that. Does that hurt watching players that sort of sort of have done that? You know, um, like Wes Morgan is a, is a Leicester City legend and, and, and what he's achieved at the club is sort of, it will never be repeated. Well, probably not, but you know, you know, what, yeah. you know what I mean? But does that then, do you then sort of look at sort of, some of the players that sort of play in the Premier League and think, Jesus Christ, I, 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 yeah, what on earth happened to me and, and yeah. how, how unlucky am I? Like, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. The reality is, mate, like, if we had won that game at Wembley and we, we hit the post, didn't we, at three, when we were 3 2 down, if we'd have scored, then it gone to 3 3. We won on penalties. I'd have been the captain of the Premier League club at 25, and I think I, I would have stayed. And you, 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 so in that scenario, on Swansea's team... I was going to say, because their captain would have been Ashley Williams. Yeah, exactly. And so look at the creative that he got promoted. He played a few years in the Prem for Swansea, then went to Everton. And So that's the difference. That's the difference. Was he any better a player than me? I personally don't think so, but his team got promoted and my team didn't. Mm. So it's... it's just the way it goes I mean um, yeah I mean the Leicester situation the Bolton move ultimately that was like that's career done because by the end of my Bolton career I'm 29 and, and it's, it's it's over so you know then at that point how hard is it to sort of to sort of carry on to an extent you know obviously you sort of at Forest and, and sort of the stint you did at Forest Green how is is your head just completely gone when you're there and like with no disrespect to, to any sort of forest sort of forest green, not that they'll be listening to a Leicester podcast, but um you know, like are you sort of thinking, look, just just get me done, get me get me out of this industry no. that's caused me so much grief over the years? No, I still had I still am I was still ambitious. Like when I signed for Forest, I knew I knew the club wasn't going to get promoted. It was like with the transfer embargo, and, and I knew what was in the league, and I knew their squad. But we, we had a, we had a decent squad. Um, again, a wild owner that made a, a crazy decision, sacking a manager, and um, and then I think after that first year, that second year of Forest, it did turn into yeah, I'm just I'm just I'm just grinding this out now. I'm just I'm just plugging away to try and do the best that I can um, on a Saturday, knowing that like my career was effectively over, but but it's still just like batting on, if that makes sense. Obviously, we, we touched on sort of these, sort of getting unlucky and, and that sort of stuff. People may listen to this and say, look, luck balances itself out over the over the course of um, a season, and uh, a season, a career, you know, and it, it, it's the easy way out to say, um, bad owner here, bad owner there. Like, how, how do you go about addressing addressing that or is it just a case of look you know what happened that that's what happened yeah I, I, I you know there might there may be people listening to this thinking it wasn't a bad owner mate it was <laughs> you were crap you weren't good enough um and that's that's 
that's fair enough. Like that's that's your that's your opinion. I obviously lived through those situations and um yeah, you know, when I went to Forest, Tim Ree went to Fulham. Yeah, yeah. Tim's going like, you're miles better than the centre half I'm playing next to here. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? So it's like people listen people like what you said earlier on in the, in the chat people will always have an opinion some will look at it and go yeah I didn't realise when he left um, Leicester that like he signed for Bolton like look at the trouble there and now didn't really like that that was only going to go one way do you know what I mean and then by the by the end of that contract you're 29 mate your career if you're not getting promoted football's so fickle like if you finish 17th but have an unbelievable season no one cares they'd rather mm. take something who finished second and was like all right so listen it is what it is i'm not like I, I'm, I'm not you know i'm happy with the career i had captain forest captain leicester captain reading like i had some amazing memories and playoff finals and so i you know if it have often been my career when i was a 10 year old lad I'd absolutely ripped your arm off like no 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 questions but could i have done that I, yeah i think i could have i think i could have Football aside, do you do you hope that people listen to this and go, actually, that's Matt Mills? And does that mean more to you than people listen to this thinking, oh, he probably could have been better. Like he could have probably could have done more. Is it more important for you that people go, you know what, like I got Matt Mills as a person wrong than oh, actually Matt Mills was a bit unlucky and he probably could have played at a higher level? Yeah, yeah, to be honest, I'm not like listen, Matt Mills is nobody <laughs> in the grand scheme of like the millions of players that have played football, like I'm not going to be remembered. Like it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not egotistical to think along the lines. I would like to think again, you know, and meet people when I go back to Leicester with my wife and kids, and you know, have like, hey Mills, are you alright? Yeah, do you want to grab a beer? Yeah, I'll have a beer. Yeah, I'll have a beer with anyone. Like we'll have a chat or, you know, whatever, and uh, and and maybe 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 listen to this podcast. They do go, all oh, right, okay, yeah, I, don't, I didn't think you'd be like that. Um, yeah, it probably wouldn't mean more to me than people judging my football career because at the end of the day, my football career has come and gone. Like, who I am as a person, it will remain. So I'd rather people think, uh, I'd rather think probably uh, a better perception than, than you've previously painted in terms of the, the swagger and the arrogance. But I guess I, I felt like I had to, 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 to be like that, to give confidence to my teammates and I don't know, whatever. You look at some players and think, you know, like there are players at the top level who who have got that sort of um, swagger and arrogance, and 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 you think, yes, that is why they are where they are. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, like, is it? Do you watch it and think? Do you look at fans and think, look, you don't even know, you just don't know what is going on behind the scenes. I can. Yeah. Does that annoy you when? Like, obviously, you, you you talked about social media, and I have no doubts that sort of when you're at Leicester the the fans and and we can only apologize for it were not were not kind to you as a footballer and does that then do you sort of look at that and think hang on guys like cuz as a break here like we're getting absolute like it, you don't understand what I'm going through yeah and again like I said earlier on I don't wanna, I don't want to cry it in no I know and I'm not I'm trying not it's not like no, 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 no. yeah you know what I mean it's like oh or you like live in Leicester two hours with your friend like get on with it like <laughs> I'm not saying that but yeah I, I do think I do think I got a lot of unfair criticism um, 
throughout my career through, uh, I guess, like you say, that perception. Different if you've known me and you've had a conversation with me or, um, you know, I've done something to you that you would then go like, oh, I don't like that guy, like, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know many people that have come across me and said that, but, um, but it's, it's, it's the pantomime in it of football. Mm. It's, 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 it is what it is. Um, I, I, I look at it now and I, I, lo- I love players when they're playing that have got that, like you say, that swagger, that arrogance, that, that people are so different on and off the pitch. I, you know, I, I, I certainly was, I know that. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I love it when you see play people that have got that confidence, like you say. What are the uh, the plans sort of going going forward? It sort of um, is there plans to to stay within the game or no, 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 not no, even no. not even remotely, not even sort of. Is it just a case of and and do you reckon that do you reckon that sort of paints a bigger picture of, of just sort of what you went through throughout your career and and the impact it had on you that when you sort of when your body gives up, you're just kind of like, right, that's me done. Yeah. And the, the thing about my body giving out is I needed, I, I've needed a knock on my ankle and my back for probably five years, but managers go, but the clubs I've been at, I've always played. Mm. Like I've never wanted to be at a club where I didn't play. So I wouldn't feel like I was earning my money. I'd be like, I, need, I need to leave. <laughs> that, that, that's the way I, I thought. So I always had managers going, oh, you, can't, you can't have a knock now. Like, you're going to be out for three months. What, what am I going to do? So it's like, right, okay, I'll, like, I'll take an injection or, you know, I'll, I'll do this, I'll do that. I'll take painkillers. I'll have IV, you know, medication for the game to numb me off um, to get through, to get through. In reality, like, I, I should have strategically played it a little bit better and said, like, oh, there's two months to go left this season. We're not going to go up. We're not going to go down. I'll probably just get this off and sort myself out and probably had five years onto my career. But... Mm. But I'm, uh, I guess I'm, I'm quite honest there. <laughs> Managers like, no, no, I need just play. It's like, yeah, go on and yeah, play, play. Um, are you now at the point where you are a football fan as opposed to? Have you tried to distance yourself, or, or would you not even, not even care for it at all? No, nah. no, not, 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 not anymore. Is that, no. is that not like, is that not sort of disappointing? If you, if you go back to how I imagine most young footballers are, and sort of. Um, mm. Like if if we if we sort of spoke to sort of your family and stuff like that, do you reckon that would not be sort of upsetting for oh, them? That... Yeah, hundred percent. It's been hard on my parents. They've seen me have to to go through a lot of a lot of tough times. You you ask my mum, she she would be like to these people that are sending their kids and driving around the country to be the next footballer. She'd be like, ah, stay away from it, stay away from it. Um, but it's given it's given me it's given me you know fantastic memories. It's given me um, a career. It's given me loads of things that, like I said, I, w- I would have only have dreamt for. So I don't. It's not like I hate football, but at the same time, like I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it. Don't overly follow it. Not overly interested in it. I find it, you know, a negative environment. Um, in the sense of fans, it's like we win, you lose. In, in, in reality, and that that can really mess your head. Mm. That you're constantly, you know, in that space of win lose. And when in reality, that's that's not normal life. But well, it's not what I've experienced from from normal life. Um, and it's, it's it's just yeah, it's, it's you, you see players struggle a lot with mental health, and finance, financial issues, divorce. You know, all these things when they come out of football. 
because you're in, you're almost like institutionalized being in football. It's not real. It's not reality. Do, does part of you think I could make a, a difference to how how people perceive it, or are you just like it's not my problem? Like I just get out of the way. It's not that it's not that it's not my problem. Like I do feel passionate about it. I'd love it to be different. And the fact that football is prehistoric compared to any other industry, there's no doubt about it. Um, is there going to be change? It's got to go a long way. Um, you, you you know you look at the major major companies in the world, businesses in the world, like Apple, for example. They're spilling millions, hundreds of millions a year to like do projects that ultimately fail just so they learn one lesson. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean, like football doesn't, football is too, the turnover is too quick. It's like, right, you know, managers out, uh, new owners be brought in from Thailand, like where there's so much change. Um, it's not a safe space, do you know what I mean? You look at the teams that do well, managers that do well, I think get, get a real, uh, get a real buy-in of like a, like I say, like a, a learning environment. Um, players are allowed to make mistakes. Um, you know, you'll, you'll hear it. So when you start, you know, you'll start listening to people go, uh, we try to play out from the back and we can see the goal. Oh, you know, that player rubbish. But the manager go, no, it was my fault. I asked them to do that. Because he's trying to create that safe environment, that developing environment. And fans need to buy into that and, and then the club can go, do you know what I mean? It, you need all those ingredients to come together. And it's, it's tricky to get that. You know, when you do get that, it's amazing. It's the best feeling in the world. Like you, you're a part of that team and everybody's like going towards the same goal. But it's, it's very rare. And um, football's too, too, too big to, for governing bodies to like, I think, to, to get a grip of what goes on on the day to day. Well, yeah, so I, I, I can't really see a massive change in my lifetime. Anyway. If your kids wanted to play football, would you would you push them away? Or? Uh, well, I've got two girls, so but it's um, still it's still good. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the girls' football is is becoming bigger. I would support them; they're my kids. You know, I support them whatever whatever they wanted to do. But I think the thing as a parent is, and where my my parents, um, I guess, struggled looking at me over the years is ultimately you just want your kids to be happy. Mm. Um, and when they're not, it's tough, isn't it? It's, it's tough. So, so I know they've experienced those tough moments with me. Yeah. Top man. Well, thank you for, for coming on. Um, I was sort of really in, enjoyed and, 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 and again, like without, I don't sort of woe is you and, uh, and, and all this, um, but sort of, yeah, I was part of uh, a group of people and, and Leicester fans that probably sort of misjudge you and um, I'm, I'm sort of man enough to, <laughs> to say that as, as fans, we probably didn't sort of help um, contribute to sort of the place you were in and, and sort of what what happened with your career. So, um, Yeah, I think as well, mate, you were, what, 15 at the time. Um, so there's a, a certain maturity level that I'm sure you developed and a few life lessons you've gained along the way to realise that now you probably just look at footballers and just think oh, he's just a normal, he's just a normal bloke, and he, he, like I said, he could be down the pub with you, 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 you and your mates on a Friday night, and uh, um, you get a little bit more perspective, I guess, as you get older. But I would like one thing to come, I guess, out of if football could develop in a way, and even everything that's happened with the coronavirus and the way the world's like almost got to like come together is like, why do we go to football matches to scream abuse at our own players? Like 
you expect it from your away fans. Do you know what I mean? Like that's part and parcel. But your own fans is, is is tough, and there won't be a player out there that that's, that says it's um, a nice feeling. That's uh, quite a poignant uh, sort of message to end on. Um, where where can sort of people people find you and and sort of keep in contact to, or with what you're doing with your sort of life going forward? Instagram, mate, I think is the only form of social media, and um, I only started with that because obviously I've always lived away from from home, so it was a, a good way to stay uh, for people to stay in contact with uh, my football career and seeing my kids and stuff and I, I never knew how to set it to private because I'm that useless <laughs> I'm that useless with technology so yeah it's still on Instagram so if anybody wants to watch out uh, of, of what I'm doing uh, moving forward uh, yeah come and, come and give us a follow uh, give us a give us a DM more than happy to catch up with anyone mate thank you for coming on Tom man cheers mate Tom man cheers mate